Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. He does things that are just, like, who would ever think about, you know what I'm saying? Like, I bet on the stuff, and I would never even think about going back and doing that. Charting just how much the Chiefs right. have sped up. And how much, how, how that might be, you know, sort of pivotal to for you. their yeah. success and how that might not happen this against week. Baltimore. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. Brad, I would really love to clip up Adam's comments on Buffalo and run them by Jeff and get a response and see if he is if he agrees with Adam's sentiment here. If he, I'll do that. If just in terms of how negative it was? Yeah, I just want to hear Jeff's, you know, rebuttal. You know, <laughs> yeah, it will be fun to hear. Yeah, like, does yeah. he is is that a fair yeah. assessment of the Buffalo home crowd? You know, remember, well, he had two different outside and inside. He did have two, yes. So we, we should give him both, that, Brad. Yeah. We should give him both. But. I will say, the I don't think it's just Buffalo. The Northeast can pretty can, is the most foul. I went to a Boston Celtics preseason game. Mm-hmm. I was astounded what I heard. Now I had my fifteen year old with me and my wife. Yep, I couldn't believe it. Oh yeah. I think it's a Northeast thing. Philly's the same way, by the way. So, And he's from Canada. Canada's very friendly. It is very friendly. And so, he, he is a Canadian. And I'm not a prude either, like like at Chernoff. But, like, it gets pretty dicey up there, bro. And those people are drunk as hell. They're yes. jumping off stuff onto, you know, doing wrestling moves. That's right. That's you know, right. so they're they're pretty fired up up there. I I can see where it's a little. Uh, I think Jeff. I, I don't know how I don't know how many I don't know how many NFL games Adam has been to. I don't know. You know, I, I have no idea. He's, he's too busy studying. Them. Yeah, right. How can he possibly <laughs> have time to go to a you know NFL yeah, game? True. But like, there's nothing like yeah. in in Canada. It's the CFL and right. and, and that's it. Right, it's the friggin' Argonauts. Because he, he's on the complete other side of Toronto. Yeah. He can't go to a Toronto. He's not going to Toronto's Raptor. He's not yeah. an NBA guy. So yeah. it's like. How many American sporting events has he been in attendance for? Do any stick out as foul that y'all have been to over the years? Not in Memphis. We're usually pretty tame here in Memphis. Like any markets you've gone to. Vegas is probably tame because everybody's having a good time. And yeah, I mean, everybody's, just, everybody's just partying. That's a party scene. Yeah, uh, Chicago, I, mean, I don't remember it being foul. Mm-mm. St. Louis was never foul. Yeah, I never, I've never been to a foul. Titans, I went to Nashville. Titans I mean, is chill because everybody's from someplace else and exactly they're in right. town partying. That is exactly right. Um, they don't care enough. I can't really think of any any off the top of my head that were okay, I mean, a big difference between regular season and that pu- that playoff yeah. pressure, especially with that franchise that's lost so much. Of course, all that nasty venom is going to come out. Exactly. Yeah. You know, part of that is part of that storm too. It just is. how many it's times fair. they've, to John's point, hit your head against that wall, yeah. and you get you get real nasty when you do it again. Yeah. Like, we're we're all going to regular season games where that you mm, know the intensity level is not nearly that high. That's true. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right, we'll come back. Jeff Calkins will join us at one twenty-five. We'll run that, but we'll run the Buffalo comments by. See what he, see if he agrees or if that was an unfair attack on Buffalo from Adam. We'll get into all that and more. Stick around, Jason and John. I just trying to film ESPN. Okay, so we have a uh, we have a hell of a story 
Uh, one of these, you know, gambling scandals, right? One of these gambling scandals um, that, you know, we, we are hearing more about. It's only going to be more of it. Uh, as, you know, sports gambling continues to, you know, be legalized across the country. I believe North Carolina is going live in March. Uh, so just, you know, keep adding, right, states to the list. It's going to eventually be uh, legal in almost all of them. California and Texas will uh, be their own. They got they got political stuff going on there, right, with the casinos and the uh, tribes and things like that. So it'll be a little more complicated. But I think we'll get to 48 or 50 in short order. Uh, but uh, LSU, excuse me, Louisiana State Police are investigating a fraudulent online gambling account alleged to have been used by former LSU wide receiver Kayshawn. I think it's pronounced uh, Booty. I do. I think that's Boutte. how it is. Boutte. I think so. Okay, yeah. Boutte. Kayshawn Boutte. Uh, he bet, according to Louisiana State Police, close to 9,000 times from April 2022 oh. to May 2023. <laughs> 17 of those bets were on NCAA football games with at least six on LSU football. Uh, and uh, a week ago, an arrest warrant was, was issued for felony computer fraud, misdemeanor underage gambling. He was booked uh, in jail. He played for the Patriots last year. But just to give you guys um, an idea of... of the booty, I, want the booty, I think, I, the I think that... I, I mean, I, I can't remember how you say his name. But just, just to give you guys an idea of how often this guy was betting, you know, you, you guys say, I need to turn myself into 1888, right? He bet 700 times a month. All right, last year... I know this because I, I got the report from the sports book. I made 700 bets for the year. Yep. He was betting 700 times a month. These college kids, a lot of them are addicted. I have a friend whose brother just went through the, the program. 9,000 times. Yeah, people. And again, are. he was betting on LSU football. Mm. So he wasn't mm. betting against. Mm. So I think that is a little different, yeah. right? They say that the, the reporting is that he was not betting against LSU football. He was not throwing games, but he was betting on. I think that was the same thing as like the, the Iowa. Uh, yeah, one of those. Yeah, the, I think there was an Iowa State or Iowa. They were betting on themselves, right? Um, yes. So I think that's, you know, that's a that's a key difference here. But do you do you is your opinion that we're going to continue to see this more and more? I mean, you would think because again, with these programs, how can you monitor every single student athlete that you've got? Some are going to come from, you know, a place where they've already done this. Um, so yeah, imagine. I guess what could possibly, you know, deterred is how far they go here in terms of prosecuting it. Um, because again, are you really going to risk it to the extent that this kid did? If you're saying, you know, man, he had the hammer drop down for it. So I, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm, yes, of course, because as this proliferates gambling across the states, we've got you know the. Population's only going up. Young folks are getting involved. You're going to have more issues. But I, I mean, if it's serious, if if there is serious prosecution, then you would think that young folks would have a uh, would have a second thought about doing it. Yeah, man. I mean, I know it's fun, and I know that you get a thrill. I don't know what. That's what I'm saying. So, what what is he going to face? That's the question for computer fraud. Yeah, I don't know what See, that's that, about. Because again, if it's not something where if it's just some well, you know white collar crime, and he he gets a slap on the wrist, well, then kids going to keep doing it. They're not. That's no. You know, there's no risk in it. I don't know, it. Very easy to sit up here and say, 
yeah, yeah, this is going to keep going on, and, and somebody's got to get control of it. But it's there's it, it's more nuanced than mm-hmm. that. It you is. Can, if you if you go hard, you prosecute. I imagine you'll 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 change young folks' mind about you know what what's the reward here? Risk is too great. Uh, uh, what you it, have to it do. sounds like it was mostly because he was under the age of twenty. Under the age of 21. And that's going to be what? A slap on the wrist? So that ain't going to change nothing. But the, the computer fraud was a felony. Uh, so I'm not sure, you know, what, uh, you know, what that entails exactly. Um, if, it's, if it's a fine in the end. Yeah. A large um, fine. Me really going to get jail time for... Like, people talk about, like, the it's NFL fun. being rigged and stuff. Like, that's, like, the popular. That's, like, you know, oh, the NFL's rigged. They want Taylor Swift in the Super Bowl, la, 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 la. I don't worry about the NFL, Okay. I worry about college where, you know, uh, taking a dive or whatever the case may be, dropping a pass, uh, fumbling the ball, whatever, missing a free throw could, you know, that could be the difference. Okay. I mean, we saw, we, who was it? Uh, Arizona State. Yeah. Headache Smith. Yeah. Like that, that's what I worry about. The stuff that's not as, as like the NFL is very co- conscious of gambling and they yeah. have seminars and, you could go to like you know, and they make millions of dollars. So taking fifty thousand here, a hundred thousand dollars there, ain't gonna make their life, and they're not gonna risk their careers on it. But what about a, you know, and again, uh, th- this young man ended up going to the NFL. But like, what about the you know the third string receiver at a small school? But like, how much opportunity is he gonna get to impact a game no, enough a, I mean, to change the outcome? That's fair. That's that a, guy. Yeah, that's a good question. You know, maybe it's the number two wide receiver. I don't. You know, I don't know. Um, like in basketball, Headache Smith was the point guard. Yeah, right? he was. It was, he, it was it running him. through him. Yes, had to be him. And, uh, and there's fewer players out there, so there's a greater chance of making that impact and being able to to affect the outcome. Right. Whereas with 11 guys, right. And if he's a backup, right, he ain't affecting it. it One it, drop, right. can be gotten over. I mean, it's obviously point of making it easier to do in basketball. If you're talking about you worry about this, it's going to be easier to do in college basketball than it is in college football. Yeah. So. Unless you got a QB on, it would the be like it would be like like you know a bad college basketball team, right? Like Eastern Michigan or something that nobody's paying attention to, where they, they stink. Kids not going to the NBA. Could see it more there. That's like because we have. That's yeah. what I worry about. You know, what I'm saying that's that's what if I'm betting, and again, I'm not betting on Eastern Michigan. Okay, like I, you know, but they are. They, you can. <laughs> I mean, you can bet on a, t- on a on a school like that. That's I don't worry about the NFL. The NFL stuff. Is, is make believe, you know, mm-hmm. that you're not going to hear about point shaving in the NFL. It's just not worth it to anybody that's playing in that league, right? There's pensions, there's, uh, you know, well, it's too much huge contracts. Yeah. You know, you don't want to get banned from the NFL. But again, a guy that's like not, that doesn't look like he's going to be a professional athlete, you know, that doesn't have any NIL, whose team is seven and 15, and somebody says, hey, kid, Here's two fifty, or I don't know. Who knows what the amount would be? Probably more like twenty five or ten or whatever. Like, hey, any chance you you know? Now, what kind of punishment could LSU possibly be facing? Don't they have some sort of responsibility in this as well? I have You're not the seen one anything. that has to educate your student athletes on. Yeah, and the fact that you got one that's betting on your games. You said this is while he was there, correct? This isn't after he's gone, right? I mean, don't they have some sort of responsibility in this as well? I don't know. I mean, it, you know, it, it's a good question. And I think every school is going to have to navigate this and understand, you know, education, education, education. And even even if you do that, it doesn't necessarily guarantee that it's not going to happen on your watch. But, yeah, I don't know, you know, what LSU's 
policy. I mean, I know, obviously, I know they. Maybe that's more from an NCAA standpoint. Yeah. Of, yeah. Look, it's it's a real thing, and 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 it's not a bad thing. I don't. It's not a drag on society, but it is a new frontier that we're in, and it's more prevalent, and it's easier to do than ever before. That's the difference. Used to in the before times. You used to have to know somebody. You used to have to go to a bar. You used to have to like go, you know, and get a get a an account, you know, and 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 it wasn't you weren't exchanging money every time you bet. It was just all, all on credit. But you had to know somebody, right? Now you don't have. You could just pull up your pull up Fanduel, pull up DraftKings, pull up whatever you want, and you can bet, you know. And it's you don't have to worry about none of that. And so it's just it's just more accessible, and and that's obviously dangerous to to you know. In a way, if you don't have the discipline, which I know that a lot of people in America don't have discipline generally, but you know, for an athlete, you know, I mean, hey, everybody wants a rush, man. I don't know what his end game was. I have no idea. I, you know, especially if he's nine thousand bets. He's trying to get rich. That's a lot of bets, bro. That's a lot of bets. Seven hundred bets a month. That's what? I mean, twenty bets a day. That's tw- I mean, that's insane. Twenty bets a day every day. For a year, you need to see some of the slips. How much he was betting? Yeah, he, how much was he making nil wise and everything else? Is what they say. Several hundred thousand. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, which is not that hard to do, huh. right? For you and for him. Well, you know, nine thousand. Brad, say, it's really hard. Well, nine thousand times ten is ninety thousand, right? Mm-hmm. So he could be betting thirty dollars a bet that he's getting into the several hundred. That's why I always tell people it's not that hard to bet lots of money. It's just not because you could do that, bet thirty dollars ninety thousand nine thousand times, you're gonna get to two hundred seventy thousand dollars. You know that that sounds like a that sounds like an unfathomable number. Yeah, you know, but some of that's gonna come back, some of that's gonna leave. You're gonna end up being a little bit, you know, probably down, right? You're kind of gonna lose a little bit, but it's not that hard. I don't know what the uh, I don't know what his punishment's gonna be, but it seems like he's definitely in legal trouble here. Um, and I think, you know, yeah, as we move forward and it becomes legal in, in more states, we will see more stories like this. Uh, it's just part of it. All right, we'll talk to Jeff Calkins, come back, get his thoughts uh, on Memphis basketball, talk a little Grizzlies, have him respond to Adam Chernoff's comments on Buffalo. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Wow. What an introduction for the man, the myth, the legend. Brad was trying to make you an active Hall of Famer earlier today on the show. <laughs> I, I listened to the end. I, I caught the very end of that. It, was there... Was the Hall of Fame? Did the Hall of Memphis Sports call it Hall of Fame or something come up? Why? Why? Why was this even a topic? No one knows. <laughs> John's brain had gotten those. No one knows. I think I. No I, think, one I, knows. I think I might have referred. Oh no! You know what it was? It was Ron Olson Hall oh, of yeah, Famer. Olson, happy yeah, birthday! Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah that yeah. a Hall of Famer, and it's yeah. also his birthday. Yeah, yeah this exactly. show is. Uh, this show you know how is we do. ADHD. How old, how old do you think Ron Olson is? Great question. I don't want. I don't want to guess. He is way older than I thought. I know that. Who's who's older, me or Ron Olson? Ron Olson's older for sure. But but I I I I only I know. What's interesting is is Facebook then is lying about his age. If that's true. Yes. Yeah. Because his age says he's sixty one. He's way older than that. Way way older than that. I think I think Ron Olson is in his seventies. I have no idea how old Ron Olson. You know what he is? Is he's he's. He's in his he's, mid to late sixties. He's, 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 he's in his he's, he's in his heart. mid to late sixties at best, and I think he might be seventy. What do you mean at best? You act like it's a bad thing. No, I mean I'm just saying, like in terms of the range here, uh, the youngest he could be is mid sixties. The late, the, but but I think he's seventy. I think he's I think he's in his seventies, early seventies. Well, I, I, got... I think he's eighty five years old. <laughs> he's well. Is he older or younger than Bill Belichick? He was the he. Seven, Ron Olson was and can't get a freaking interview. But Ron Olson's going strong. Well, you we, know? Can, we can we can do a little deductive reasoning here. Ron Olson was known. He came on the map for being the first person in Memphis to play Nat King Cole on the radio. It's, it's so Prince. It's not so. Oh, sorry, Prince. My bad. Wrong. <laughs> Prince, not Nat King Cole. Okay, my fault, my fault. Never mind. So he might he might be, but he's definitely older than you, Jeff. There's no question he's older than you. I would put all of 9,000 bets from Kayshawn Boutte on that. Uh, well, so, yes. All right. He's, such, he's so youthful in his aspect. And no, he looks a lot. Like he's, yeah. he, like when, I don't know exactly how old he is, but he looks a lot younger than whatever the number is. I know does that. It, does, it, does it scare you that, that, that Jim Harbaugh is in your division now? Oh, yeah. 100%. It should when you've got Antonio Pierce. Yeah, it's like, come on, dude. we got Sean Payton, Jim Harbaugh, Andy Reid, and Antonio Pierce, baby. But at least he could say things like, I was a Raider growing up. Thank God. Yeah, that was fantastic. Hey, before uh, we get into anything else, I oh, need you to respond to oh. some charges. Oh, charges. Okay. Yeah. So every week during the NFL season, we have on my friend Adam Chernoff from Right Angle Sports, who is a brilliant I, NFL. I, I heard him. I heard him. Yes. I heard him picking the. I heard him picking against the Bills last week, yes. and I and I approved. I. I yes. I co-signed. He's yes. very smart. Yes. yes. And so we asked him a question uh, about attending the game. He, yeah, he was actually there. Adam was actually there in oh, Buffalo for the for game. Him. Yeah. And we. It's I, funny, there was so much attention placed on the Kelsey's and. Taylor Swift and stuff. There was almost nothing about Adam Chernoff being at the game. I know, like, it's crazy. I mean, he, he's a low key. Yeah. He's wild. Can, he, he's Canadian. Wild. He's Canadian. So With a newsletter, though. Yeah. So, right. so, so Brad's actually got the uh, he's got the audio here of Adam's experience in Buffalo. I'm going to just let you hear it, and then I'd love yeah, to hear yeah. your response. Go what ahead, were your experiences yeah. in Buffalo? I have to separate it between in stadium and uh, and out of stadium because I think that that's the only true fair way to analyze the city of Buffalo outside of the stadium. Great little city. Very nice people. Bartenders were great. Servers were great. People in and around the area, fantastic. 
You get mm-hmm. inside the stadium. And guys, I don't, I don't get offended by much, but I have never seen more grown men, angry, vulgarity, any type of slur that you could imagine being thrown at anyone and everybody. I was blown away by just the amount of anger and anxiety and stress and just like impending doom that rained upon all of these people in the stands. I've never experienced anything like it. I've never experienced a quieter stadium for the duration of the game, given circumstances anywhere close to that. I thought I thought the entire experience from a fan perspective was as underwhelming as you could possibly imagine wow. in an NFL stadium. And I, and I know that there's a lot of stadiums where the crowds are out of control and it's a lot of similarities, but you could just see how much this team matters to everybody in that city. And boy, the, the last eight and a half minutes of the fourth quarter, which equated to like 20, 25 minutes of a real lifetime, it was as quiet of an environment where there was 65,000 people in a, in a space that you could ever imagine. I mean, it was just hopeless at the end for these people leaving the stadium. It was pretty shocking for me to see and experience. When you wow. shocking, wow, <laughs> said it was as underwhelming Mm-hmm. an experience well, as he has ever had. I think, I think, honestly, I think it's a reflection of, because uh, here's the truth. I, I don't go to a lot of Bills games because now I live in Memphis, <laughs> right? So the, the last game, Bills game I went was Colts a couple of years ago. They got their ass kicked out. That wasn't the very happy crowd either. Generally speaking, uh, most people who talk about going to Bills games, it's about how insanely loud it is and wild it is and whatever else. And the truth of the matter is like the last Bills game against the freaking Miami Dolphins, which was a road game, right? The Bills fans were louder and whatever than Miami. So I think the charge generally, I would refute it, but he was there. And I think what it's a reflection of is the total yes. devastation and anxiety. That's the way he put it, right? It's, I don't think it was a, it wasn't a typical Bills game in that, there was this sense of impending doom, you know, like I, people, like people laugh and think I'm ridiculous because I don't watch. Right. Cause I really Saturday before the game, as I was walking through Costco, I was thinking to myself, God, I wish they hadn't made the playoffs, you know, cause this is going to be awful. And I was, that's what I was really thinking. And you're like, what kind of stupid ass? Well, how tell you why wide, right. 13 seconds, home run throw, like, like all this stuff. And then in this particular matchup, you've got the Chiefs who've already beaten you and ousted you from the playoffs twice. Like, 100%, I think those fans were 100% in their heads. And so were they angry? Yes. Were they anxious? Yes. Did that numb them into utter silence? Evidently, <laughs> they're basket cases. Look at me. What more example do you need? I'm a total basket case when it comes to the bill. So I'm not going to dispute anything you said. I think it probably is a uh, – it's fascinating to think that it was that quiet because I think it, it may just have been like, oh, hell, this is happening again. You know, I think people I – think, I think the entire city and I think the organization, I think they're all in their heads. You know, here's, here's what Sean McDermott did. They had 13 different occasions – where it was second and fourth or shorter. 13 different occasions where second or fourth or shorter. On 10 of those, he ran the ball. Did he let Josh throw the ball to Stephon Diggs? Did he let, let Josh throw the ball to Dalton Kincaid? No. He ran the ball. Why? Because he was scared as hell of Kansas City. Because he knew they were going to lose. He was just playing to be close. I think that entire mindset 
infects the bills, infects the city, and is understandable given the history. Yeah, I mean, the, the DeMar Hamlin. I mean, the, the, you know, what, what do you think that play was called? I mean, in the end, I think that play was called... Uh, clone. It was called uh, Clone. It was called, it was called, yeah, I don't know, Dead Man, Dead oh, Man, you know, what, all lives, whatever, you know, I mean, that's, it was it was the phoenix rising from the ashes, right? It was taking death. So you're, you're, saying, you, you're saying you think it for was, that you know, moment. It was, called, it was called, it was called, hey, Sean McDermott says, you know what? Let's go with the resurrection. You know, that's what it was Oh, man. Now that one was funny. That one was funny. It was, it was, yeah. it was called the resurrection. The resurrection. Man, and I should and not it be did. It, re- it, resurrected, it resurrected. It resurrected. Run <laughs> in the end, in the end, of course, that that didn't kill him. Like that play didn't. That, you we know, gotta, we got to get away from the death and the kill. Right, but because of the fumble, because of the yes, fumble, that yes. play did not cost them. It should have cost them. Like even if at that moment you're going to go for it again, it's fourth and five. I think fourth and five. Right? It was fourth and five. You got Josh Allen. Put it in Josh Allen's hands. Trust him to get five yards. Or DeMar Hamlin, who's never touched the ball on offense. Like, really? So, um, and I, again, I'm not, like, saying they should fire. It was so clearly, it, it, at some level, to debate whether they should fire Sean McDermott when you know they won't, right, is almost just fruitless. Why, why even talk about it? Because um, they're not going to. Um, it, could, it couldn't have been more clear that they were not going to. Um, so I don't, I'm not that interested in having that debate. But... If I were the owner, and Bill Belichick's out there, old as Ron Olson, for God's sakes, but um, but available, I might do it. Because how else do you catch the Chiefs? You know, would 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 Bill Belichick have been able to get the Chiefs to punt more than once in that game? I think so. So I might do it. I just to shake it up. But anyway, that's where we are. What'd you Dad. think, Jeff? Of uh, I saw we got him from Parth. Penny's comments, uh, looks like he's being asked about Jaden Harway's playing time and said, if you ask anybody in this building, Jaden's one of our most important players. He's boxing out, contesting every time. Says there are a lot of people that don't know ball. They don't know basketball. Realize Jaden's impact on the game. What do we think? Uh, you know, Penny has always had – who was it he used to say? Did he, was it Jaden who he used to say was one of the best shooters in America? Who was that? That was Jaden. Wasn't it Jaden? He used yes. to say was one of the – Yes. Yeah, I mean, Penny's not the first father who's, you know, a little delusional about his son, you know, about the talents of his their kids. Like I'm, one, I'm one. I can raise my hand. My kid's not nearly <laughs> as good as I try to make him out to be. <laughs> Most of us are. Um, I totally do understand, by the way. Like, uh, the problem is, is that, I'm not one to say that Jaden Hardaway should have taken the second most shots in that game or whatever else, but I don't think Jaden Hardaway is the problem with this team. You know, that, 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 that is not very high on my list of problems with this team because right. Jaden Hardaway played a bunch of minutes because, you know, Dick Walton was out, you know, and, 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 and Mills is out. And so you've got to play someone. So you can play Sharon Font, I guess, or you can play Young, I guess, or you could play. But there's not actually some, you know, Caleb Mills isn't sitting over there to play in, in, instead of Jaden. Right. I think the bigger issue is, and Jaden Hardaway isn't the reason that they're up one and they leave a wide open three pointer on an inbounds play. Like he's not the reason. Like I, I think the defense has been appalling, really appalling, given that that's what priority, Penny prioritizes. 
And I think the level of selfishness um, or lack of connectivity, let's call it that, I think is the other thing. So those two things I would place well ahead of Jaden's minutes, given the given what's available on the roster in terms of things that ail this team. And so and I totally understand why Penny was defensive about about his son and about Jaden Hardaway. And I, I don't think, you know, that's, I don't know, it's not, it's not the thing that I'm most focused on. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's there's there's other it's down the list. I could not agree more. Absolutely right. I mean, I I need to know, you know, way bigger concerns how, right now. How are we going to uh, improve the defense? Now he has right. he has laid down the gauntlet. I mean, this is the one he said. I have fixed. I, I have we 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 are doing things differently now. This is going to be the Memphis basketball moving forward. So it needs to be well, a win. And, and before he has other times he has said that he has things have changed. You know, now a lot of times those have to do with the rotation. In previous years, what's happened often is that he said, "All right, I'll, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna focus the rotation." And you know, two years ago, it was very clear. In the first half, he'd play everyone. In the second half, he just plays guy the guys who were gonna get him to win the game. That's really what happened after that SMU eruption two years ago. Is he said, "Okay, I got, I, I gotta stop playing everybody," and and that was the and that was the fix. Here, I don't know. Like, is the fix, well, we're going to coach defense during practice, and so they know how to play it during the game. That's what he seems to be saying. Mm-hmm. I, haven't, I haven't been coaching them hard during practice. Now I've been coaching them hard during practice. Is that going to turn David Jones into a elite defender or turn Quinterly into an elite defender? No, but maybe into a, at least attentive, uh, competent defenders. I, you know, I, I, I could imagine that. Yeah. I was going to ask you, Jeff, It's did you have something else on, on? Okay. Will you tell our listeners, Jeff, how important Jerome Wright was the last 40, 50 years to Memphis journalism? Yeah, it was. You um, wrote a great piece, Jeff. Uh, I was. I felt privileged to write about Jerome Wright, right? and uh, you obviously worked alongside him. And, you know, Otis Sanford, who I called, who, who we worked with with for a long time and is still writes for the Daily Memphian. Um, but I called Otis and he said, you have to understand the, the framework. When Jerome Wright was hired, um, it was in the, you know, shortly after um, the MLK assassination. And the newspaper had looked up and said, oh, hell, we don't have any black people to cover, you know, to cover this, to help us cover this, to help us understand this. Um, you know, you send a bunch of white reporters into, you know, cover the sanitation. It, it just, it, it is one of the things that right now, honestly, in the world, you hear like diversity has become a dirty word. Like it's some, mm-hmm. but the reason you need diversity is for people, you know, is because otherwise you don't hire Jerome Wright, who, who, who became over the course of his 40, nearly, well, more than 50 years of journalism in Memphis, almost 50 years of journalism at the Commercial Appeal, he was the guy who, like, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm coming here from, you know, Miami and by Buffalo originally. I don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah. So if you're wondering, like, about a neighborhood or about an area or about people, what do you do? You wander in and you say, Jerome, can you tell me about this? And Jerome understood Memphis and knew Memphis better than anyone in that newsroom. And um, and he had a, 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 a whole bunch of different jobs there, and so I won't focus on any of them. But the other thing that struck me about Jerome Wright, people can read the, the piece that I wrote um, about him at the Daily Memphian, was 
at a time when it feels like we are all in our silos, you know, we, we, we're, we're bunkered down with the things we believe and the people that we, you know, that we approve of. But like Jerome Wright never was. Um, he, he would go out and, he, and, and you said he talked about this in class. He would go out every weekend and just drive around, not because he liked driving around, although he enjoyed driving around, but because he wanted to see the city. Yes. He wanted to, he'd go to different sections and just see what was going on. Now we're just closed. We each live in our own bubble. He, he, he went outside that bubble, uh, his bubble, at every opportunity because he wanted to know what was happening in Memphis. And he listened to people of every different view and every different viewpoint. As Louis Graham told me, even if he thought you were full of ass, he listened to you. And it's funny, just writing the whole thing about Jerome, I was just bemoaning the contrast between Jerome Wright and the way he went around being a journalist and the way that so many approach public affairs today. I don't know, you had him as a teacher, among other things, and a colleague. What were your thoughts? I mean, Jerome is literally the reason I'm sitting here, because then I'm not here if I don't have the 13-year newspaper career, and I don't go into newspapers if not for being in his media writing class, going into that class, Jeff, thinking, hey, I'm going to go into TV like my dad, and listening to Jerome and him talk about a story. And he's not the star writing the story. The story the story is the star. Jerome, I, 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 real simply, he made me want to be a newspaper man in that media writing class. And again, my whole career, meeting my wife at the Commercial Appeal, that doesn't happen if I don't come into contact with Jerome Wright, who was doing, he was an adjunct professor at the time, teaching that media writing class. And there's a bunch of stories like that, Jeff. And the crazy thing, it was almost like he was on a one-man mission to preserve journalism. He'd be reading to <laughs> elementary school kids, like during his work day, he'd be working with Teen Appeal, and then he had this, you know, this class at the U of M. And so it was all the way up the, and then, oh my gosh, I mean, all the writers he helped, you know, as an editor at the CA. And so it's it's like I, I can't say enough great things about the the journalism icon he was around here the last 50 years. Yeah. And he was still like he, he left the CA, quote unquote, retired. And, um, and, yep. uh, and then like within two years, he was working at the Tri-State Defender. Yep. And just because he loved journalism and That's he was it. supposed to go for work today that he, he ended up, he, he collapsed um, on a treadmill, he, 74 years old. Um, but it's funny. I talked to Tuan Stout Mitchell, um, who the day that he died, um, <laughs> Jerome, they had had a conversation and Tuan was like trying to talk about how much, you know, people have been, we've been losing so much because so many people with institutional memory have been dying or whatever else. And Jerome was like, I want to talk about today. Let's work. Yeah. Let, I want to talk yeah. about today's problems. Let's see if we can chop it up and solve today's problems. And he did it all, by the way. You hear so much people crapping on Memphis now. They talk about the problems of Memphis, but only in sort of a, uh, you know, it, 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 who can crap on Memphis more. He did all the things that he did, recognized the problems of Memphis. I mean, look, look, the, look at the era he grew up in, but out of affection and concern right. and, and trying to improve Memphis. It's it just like it did. It made me bemoan um, that we don't have more like him. Good stuff, Jeff. Appreciate best, you as Thank always, you, man. Thanks. Yep. Thanks for asking. Yep. See you. He is Jeff Calkins. Uh, catch me on the Jeff Calkins show. Hey, get over to Wing Guru. It's where you get the best wings in Memphis. Y'all know that. Right now, uh, not at the Mount Mariah location. Uh, yeah, we had unfortunately fortunate accident. But uh, we'll, we'll be back. We'll be back in no time uh, over there on the Mount Mariah location. So right now, that means Collierville, Arlington. Whitehaven, Millington, still get your fix with the Wing 
guru. So get over there today. My recommendation is the garlic scratch, but you got the can't catch cow. You got the triple J sauce. Whatever you're in the mood for, get to Wing Guru today. Also take advantage of the special throughout the rest of the month. 20-piece party wings for just 20 bucks. That it's all locations, as John said, Mount Moriah, not right now, but Arlington, Collierville, Millington, Whitehaven. We got you covered. You can also get that at thewingguru.com. When you see Billy Richmond, you tell him Jason and John sent you. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 